You're listening to the Oz TV podcast, only on the Oz Network. Hello, everybody. Welcome back to the Oz Network for a final time of the season of the year for the Amazing Race Canada. No, no, don't let it be over so soon. Uh, it seemed like just yesterday we were beginning the Amazing Race Canada. It was only like what two months ago, uh, but somehow we managed to get through all eleven of these episodes, missing only two non-elimination legs. Uh, I'm proud of us. So uh, this is it. This is the end. Nothing else to talk about after this, except for a whole lot of polls. That's all we're here to talk about today. My name is Colin, and joining me as always in his diving speedo is Anthony Rossi. Yes, good to be here for the last time of the season. It's bittersweet. Uh, I'm I'm curious to get your opinion on the season, because we've talked about individual episodes here and there, and we've talked about the teams and all that, but we've never really broken down the season as a whole or how we're finding, at least since maybe the earliest episodes. So... We'll get into that closer to the end, but this is a finale episode. I've kind of made my feelings clear on finales and how I don't really care for Amazing Race finales, at least recent ones, for a lot of reasons. But for you, how does this compare to other Amazing Race finales, and how did it compare to the other episodes of the season? Did you enjoy this final episode? I was actually pleasantly surprised with the episode, because usually finales are kind of dull, but I feel like there was a lot of dynamics, like with the teams being really close, and then the whole issue with Ken and Ryan messing up at the the roadblock and all that kind of stuff. Like the whole episode seemed really, I don't know if it was just editing or what, but it seemed really interesting, and I was kind of like on the edge of my seat the whole time. Mm-hmm. I had a feeling that the, Sam Paul would win, like I had a feeling, like, but that was just from four wins in the past. But I, I felt like it actually was anyone's game. And at one point I was thinking to myself, are we going to have a repeat of season two where there was a race to the literal finish line? Mm-hmm. And so I was like, maybe that could happen. Obviously it didn't, but like, it, I felt like at any point all the teams could have been there at one point doing something together. Yeah, overall I would say there are moments in this episode where it was suspenseful and you didn't know what was going to happen. Um, and I give it credit for that. Uh, I I just have said before I don't really care for Amazing Race finales because I, I feel like it's less about the challenges and more about here's something that looks cool on TV to do, which we got in this. But I feel like the challenges we got were better than your typical Amazing Race finale. So on level of Amazing Race finales, I actually preferred this over many of the recent, not only Canadian ones, but US ones. On level of where this would place in the season for me, not one of my favorite episodes. But overall, it was still good. Uh, we had our predictions last week. Let's just say it right off the bat. The top three predictions we have for the finale, you nailed it 100%, and I nailed it 0%. No, I guess not 0%. I mean, I predicted Kenneth and Ryan in second place. I just had Corey and Ivana and the uh, Sam and Paul swapped. You nailed it. Um, were there spoilers going into this, or was it just very clear because they had had five wins leading into this leg? Um, they just seemed like the odds on favorite posts. Adam and Andrea elimination. They just had the most wins. They seemed the most capable of all tasks. Whereas I feel like the other two teams were more specific tasks where they would shine. Um, No spoilers, despite the huge crowds that they were getting Mm -hmm. this episode. Yeah. Yeah, and that's where I believe there must be something to what said that, you know, other racers will continue to take part in this, maybe just off camera. Because I don't know how... Can you imagine, like... Deb climbing the yeah. scaling the building <laughs> or doing the waterfall challenge 
And were there people like, out there who were watching Deb do this, and they're watching, you know what, I know she makes it to the finale, but she's not looking strong to win this thing. <laughs> um, no, it would be fun to find out. Maybe we'll talk to some of the teams in the offseason. We can get Johnny Mustard on. Johnny Mustard can spill all the beans for us. He's everywhere in Canada. Um, I guess the main thing I'm going to talk about here is uh, I'm going to rely on you a little bit throughout this episode because I definitely did pay attention to the challenges. I wasn't paying attention to every single minute of this episode because – We've talked a lot about the polls throughout this season, and I said I'm going to talk a lot about the polls here, because this was the first episode since, I think, maybe episode one or two that I was able to watch live. Uh, And I made a point to watch this live because I said I wanted to get to the bottom of these polls. And the polls are very different than I expected. Like, for people out there who are not watching this at the time it airs and not watching it live... Um, these polls that we're seeing on TV, it's almost sadder now that I've participated in them for a lot of reasons. But just right off the, the to start with, the main thing is that the polls we're seeing on TV are just like a fraction of what you do. Like there is literally a new poll, literally a new poll <laughs> every 60 to 90 seconds. And they give you 60 <laughs> seconds to answer it. So... You finish one poll and another one's up. So I was kind of glancing back and forth and you really can't keep track of the episode. And it's funny because sometimes the polls, most of the polls they give you do not end up on the episode. Maybe four or five end up on TV and you're probably going through, I don't know, 40, 50 polls throughout the entire episode. What, what are they? What are these that don't make air? Like, is is Sam looking good in a speech? Like, what are these polls? Like- um, I, I wrote a couple down here. So um, let's see... Uh... I can't imagine, like, the, the interns are making these really brilliant questions. Well, some of the ones like, that didn't make it to air in this, like in the rickshaw challenge, who do you want as a driver? Who do you want as a navigator? Uh, what would be the most helpful to, in this challenge to be a fast driver, good at navigating, knowing streets, or speaking French? Um, here is a weird one. And every single time they led into a commercial break, I didn't catch on to this until we got to, like, the second commercial break, but they ask you, leading into every commercial break, a weird one, like, uh, how much do you want pizza right now was one of the polls that came up <laughs> in the middle of the episode. And, of course, then they go to commercial and there was probably a commercial for pizza. Um, was there, there was another one about chocolate. Like, uh, you know, what is your favorite kind of chocolate or uh, are you craving chocolate right now? It's just there's – I was craving chocolate though. I would have been – I'm not going to lie. I was craving chocolate after getting that huge egg. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's other subliminal things in here um, – well, Very Big Brother-esque, like Big Brother is watching you. I, I mean, I don't know if subliminal is the right word, but it's like they quiz you because they probably know you're doing these polls and not paying attention to the episode in any way whatsoever. So there are some of these where I'm taking the polls and then all of a sudden they'll give a question, you know, what did this person say when they arrived at the challenge? And I'm like, well, that was two minutes ago, but I wasn't paying attention. I was doing another one of your polls. And they will actually quiz you on whether you get it right. Oh, wow. The other thing is, I guess, with these polls is that it's four points. I don't know if you can win prizes by doing this, but you get points for every time they give you one of the trivia questions on the episode to see if you're actually paying attention. You'll get points for that. You also get points for every single time you vote. And it's unlimited voting, which I'll get to in a minute how my vote manipulation completely swayed almost every single poll in this episode. And I'm amazed that the rest of Canada hasn't caught on. And I have proof that the rest of Canada hadn't caught on in this. Um, but it was it was really funny. We'll, we'll get maybe through. you'll win a BMO cash bag World Elite Mastercard or whatever. I was hoping for the Chevy Equinox True North Edition uh, in the red color. That one looked pretty nice on the end. Triple two around the world. Uh, or the Amazing Race Canada. Um, let's. Uh, I didn't even 
say this on the episode, but I guess I will mention a few things about other teams throughout here. Did you get to watch the after the race reunion special they had on? No, I can. I, I found a link available to watch it. I just haven't yet. I will go after we finish this. Yeah, it's it's good. It's it's probably better than what you'll get from your typical Survivor or reunion show. It's not like the last couple seasons, which I thought were really good, where you get a lot of stuff in the episode. But they do talk to every team, and there's some fun things on there. Um, strangely, Ebony was the only person in the cast who wasn't there. Like, Andrea was there, but no Ebony. And they, they kind of mention that, oh, Ebony couldn't be here. They don't mention why. But it's just kind of weird. <laughs> Especially since they talk so much to Ebony and Andrea throughout the episode. But let's get to Maybe the she was busy doing the challenges. Maybe she was stuck on that building. Yeah, she took a penalty. Uh, she didn't want to participate in <laughs> the reunion episode, so they gave her a penalty to sit out. Uh, they're in Quebec City for this one. Uh, it was a really good showcase of the location. I mean, on Amazing Race Canada, we're now at five seasons. And, you know, the first season, there was less episodes. But uh, they also never left Canada. And now I guess they're at the point where... How many episodes do we have per season? Um, there were 11 on this season. There were 12, I think, on the previous few. And we probably spent three or four overseas. So, yeah, we're looking at about two-thirds of the race in Canada. The fact that they can go to a major city that, even outside of Amazing Race Canada, most people in this country know, like Quebec City, and surprise you with some of the stuff you've seen, I thought that there was great locations on here, especially the first roadblock they had, which maybe wasn't the greatest challenge this is kind of your typical amazing race finale challenge let's show the location and some spectacle and not really challenge the players but this whole rope net over the waterfalls i mean it looks spectacular i'm sure it was very challenging but there wasn't a way to really show it uh did you like this challenge or was i missing anything while i was taking polls on whether or not you can climb a rope net um i don't think you missed too much however i want to go back real quick before Mm -hmm. i answer your question I put this in my notes because I think it was really good, and I'm sure you got a kick out of it. When they were doing the flashback of the whole season, did you catch Shabir's falling yes. on the slide? <laughs> and when you watch, here's the one thing I'll recommend for anybody who can watch the After the Race reunion special. Not only do they show that, they give a montage of every single brutal fall throughout this entire season. Uh, it, it was amazing. Like I could not stop laughing, and it probably runs for like you know thirty seconds. It's fantastic. Yeah, watch it just for that. Um, but uh, yeah, this roadblock was okay. It's your typical one. Uh, it wasn't like anything really changed with the teams on here. There wasn't any real fear of heights or anything like that. Here's an interesting poll note here. Um, I think this was just when I clicked in on doing the polls because it took me a while to figure out what I was doing and sign in. Uh, it was about 70 to 80% said they would do this challenge. Now, when the after the race special started, I kept the app open and the West Coast uh, airing of this must have started. So it was doing the same questions over and over again. And when this came up the second time, I had really learned how to manipulate these votes. And I, I got this, I literally got this <laughs> to over 50% would not do it. And when the poll started, I wait a couple seconds to see what is clearly you know uh trailing in the poll what is the the clear lowest Mm -hmm. option and then i just manipulate to try to get as high as i can and i literally got this one to over 50 percent would not do it so i make canadians look like cowards at least on the west coast uh east coast braver if you watch it on the west coast are you getting like these polls with your updated versions or are they just releasing well when you're on the website or the app the polls will pop up simultaneously as the episode airs so um, i guess i the reason i ask is i guess i watched the east coast version of it yeah because i saw it was only like 
roughly at max 30 percent Mm-hmm. would not do it. Yeah, and it's a completely different poll for the West Coast one. Um, and I wanted to re-watch it to see which poll it would air because they uh, have this on rerun several times throughout the week and they don't actually air it on the rerun. So it's only the live episodes that will show the results of the polls. But I quit like about 15 minutes into the West Coast one because I'm like, oh, this is boring now. You know, I don't, I don't need to make the West Coast look that pathetic. <laughs> but yeah, it's fun to do. And some of the ones I had coming up were... were uh, I'm very proud of, I'll just say that. Um, what happened after the roadblock here? Rossi, do you know <laughs> there was the, the rickshaw thing, but did anything happen in between those? No, we just had a really weird scene between in the crowd of every single person in Canada at this random waterfall. Mm-hmm. Um, but there was a really weird scene where Corey Nirvana and Ken and Ryan were walking into the crowd and the Sam and Paul were like leaving. And it was like, this awkward mosh pit scene where everyone was trying to elbow each other out of the way. There was not much for this challenge. It was but a climb cool down, get up, and you're out. It was, oh, it's like great TV drone camera view and stuff, mm-hmm. but like not interesting as like, who's going to fall? Like there was none of that really. So um, the, the other interesting thing with this one is uh, I guess I missed this. I didn't miss it, but I was talking about how I love that sometimes there's different ways you can get places and the navigation really plays a part. Before they even got to this waterfall or uh, up to where this uh, rope net is, there was the gondola that you could take up, which a few of the teams did, and then other ones kind of asked, it's like, can you take a car up there? And they took a car. And it's just little details like that that I always love in The Amazing Race, that somebody can get ahead just by making a smart decision or maybe asking a question. Uh, So that was... Yeah, minor thing, but it was still uh, a, a cool way that the race could change. I mean, definitely every second in the finale matters. Yeah, yeah, exactly. As we, yeah, so because it, it definitely was a big deal. Honestly, they want this to be as close as possible. They don't want season one. There's a reason why season one of the U.S. is the only one to be a complete blowout and have somebody that far behind because. Ever since then, they want to make it the closest leg, and that's one of the reasons why these challenges are not necessarily about challenging the people outside of maybe the final puzzle that we get in every single season. But uh, I think little things like that do make it where somebody can get an advantage. And maybe it's just the uh, ingenuity of the players. Like, we see that with the puzzle later on. You know, somebody just had a different approach to it. Uh, The rickshaw delivery, uh, i got to be honest, even if I wasn't for the polls, I really lost focus in this. It felt like it went on for half of the episode. <laughs> so I didn't pay attention to a lot of the drama here. It looked like there was a lot going on, but it just it felt like it dragged forever for me. Did you enjoy the rickshaw challenge at all? Um, yeah, I see what you mean about it. It could be perceived as like dragging on. Mm-hmm. But I thought there were so many funny moments. Um, Ivana like missing that woman as she was like waving her arm like violently to get her attention her missing the pizza place like i think there was just funny moments and i feel like we actually got a lot of intensity from sam and paul this week with paul like raging on the speakers like you're not telling me anything tell me Mm -hmm. and i think there was a lot of changes um i did note that um i was wondering if the one of the women's that uh that team giver was getting is I was wondering if that was the giver girl <laughs> that they were trying to court a few episodes earlier. 
Yeah, can can they just develop their own fan base? Giver girls out there, like the fan girls, the team giver, giver girls. Uh, that could take on so many meetings. But the other thing I did like about this, you know, even though it, it did drag on too long, is I like them separating them where they have to work together. But it was similar to the Amazing Race season twenty nine, where one team member was on one side of the field in the walkie-talkie telling the other one how to change the board, except this was much Hmm. better than that because you were doing something. It wasn't just, you know, one more up, uh, use the number three. There was a lot going on here, and I I like challenges like this even in Survivor where they have the blindfolded team Mm -hmm. and the one caller, you know? Uh, But overall... I did think they need to pick up the... Like, that was really bad that, like, they were getting static and everything, Mm -hmm. like... I feel like that needs to be a little bit more fixed. I don't know how they would do that, but that was a little wonky with the technicality of it. Yeah, maybe they could have just given them phones to talk on and make it a little bit easier. Or just um, give the people a megaphone. Yeah, that would have been they fun. Hear. <laughs> uh, just like a game of telephone, like you scream something, pass it on, and then a couple of blocks later, somebody else, pass it on. Uh, I don't know, did the rankings really change at any point during the rickshaw delivery? It didn't seem like anything major it was shook just... this up editing with Ivana doing really well at the beginning. And she's and navigating. This is an improvement for Ivana. <laughs> yeah. A few episodes ago, she had no idea what a hangar was. Yeah. Now she's driving a rickshaw around Quebec. Yeah, and she didn't end up in Ontario or uh, she, They're Brooklyn. probably in another yeah. province. <laughs> uh, so there's kind of a fun little character coming up. This can be our, our final non-human character of the season the winter carnival the big mascot i don't know what the mascot's name was but i just love the other teams like high five and the mascot and all that uh mascots are hilarious rossi do you like mascots or are you one of these people who's terrified of mascots because those people do exist no i'm not terrified i i kind of like them um i i like them if i don't like the really super realistic ones like these random foxes and things like that and i'm not talking like furry things like i'm just talking in general like the mascots that are kind of just like generally creepy looking i don't Mm -hmm. like but i love just like i love the that moment with the guy jumping out like that was just funny as hell the high five and the what was it holy jeebus in january what was it something like that i didn't catch that (laughs) had to get one uh one liner in the season i guess um so i mean the carnival challenge uh, any thoughts on it? Or it, It's another cool location, I guess, but nothing terribly exciting here. Um, yeah, there wasn't too much to it. It was just like a look and find the, the chat, the, the icon, the I mean, thing, whatever. Better than, you know, identify the paintings in the painting house, but this really was just the mascot, the snowman mascot, I feel. Yeah, that was just like a ploy for the fair in Quebec. Um, and to make people crave chocolate, obviously. I mean, you can't go wrong with chocolate. You know what's funny? I'm not a huge chocolate person. Um, <laughs> I know Jamie just yelled in the background that I'm crazy. Uh, she loves chocolate. I don't, I don't say I have a problem with chocolate, but for the most part, anything sweet, I'm just like, yeah, I can take it or leave it, you know? Does Jamie have a sweet tooth? Does Jamie have a what? A sweet tooth. Uh, she has a sweet tooth, a salt tooth. She she just enjoys putting food in her mouth for the most part. <laughs> she, yeah, she's even yelling, just food. It has nothing to do with sweet or anything else. <laughs> uh, 
Just uh, had to click. I know she likes snacks, but I didn't have chocolate. Yeah, that's right. Snacks is a prerequisite anytime we go anywhere. Uh, we go to the grocery sh- store. She picks the ones that has the free sample days going on. <laughs> I mean, doesn't everybody, but uh, yeah. Um, so the Winter Carnival, again, we're speeding through the episode here because we're going to have a lot to talk about the teams and uh, everything else. Um, we had. The... I mean, we, we're not really speeding through it. There's not much to talk about. Yeah, exactly. We like the challenge. I do have a question for you then. Mm-hmm. Who was your favorite passenger? Did you have a favorite one that stood out? What do you mean? Out of the people that had to pick up with the rickshaw, who was your favorite passenger? Um, I probably didn't pay enough attention to any of the passengers to pick one. Uh, if they had had a pull on there, I would have paid attention for about 10 seconds longer. Did you have a favorite one that I probably missed? I like the, oh, I liked the woman. She had a dog. I thought that was cute. But I just like the Giver Girls. The Giver Girls. <laughs> we gave a name to them. <laughs> uh, I, can't, I can't give her a name because I don't know her name. All I know is she's Giver Girl with a yellow flag. It is crazy here that we're not even at the final challenge of the, the season. We already had the Rope Net. We had the Rickshaw. We had the Winter Carnival Chocolate Search. Um... We're now up to the building climb, the Spider-Man challenge, I guess. And there will still be another yeah. one to come. I mean, Spider-Man. this is a lot of challenges for a finale. Maybe this is normal for the finale, and I'm just noticing. I, don't know, I thought it was a lot. I was, like, like surprised. A, I was surprised we had a roadblock, like a, a route info challenge that wasn't BMO sponsored. Yeah. Um, or Cinorama sponsored or, or whatever. Like, it was just a general pick people up on your rickshaw. Mm-hmm. Also, is that Canadian rickshaws? Like, what? Uh, I don't know. I mean, there are foreign countries that have rickshaws, but we do have them here. I mean, even in Winnipeg, we have them. You don't have them there? You get them in New York. Um, like, to people get them to go around Central Park and stuff, mm-hmm. but not in most cities don't have it. See, like, I think New York is probably the last city to do something like that. Yeah, it's it's probably similar here, uh, at least in Winnipeg. You know, we'll have, like, our, our version of Central Park, you know, which is called the Forks. It's basically where two separate rivers meet, and it's a huge marketplace. Uh, if you're going to walk from one end of there to the other, it's going to take you 30 minutes, and who knows what restaurant you're going to go to. So there are people who operate rickshaws around there, and sometimes, I guess, for bigger sporting events or concert events, uh, they'll operate them because parking can often be pretty far away. Uh, but I don't know if... It's not something we see in every single Canadian city, but yeah, it's not unusual to see one here. So maybe it is. That should have been Canada 150. Rickshaws. Oh, I guess Quebec. Yeah, it's it's a French. The French. It's all the French. <laughs> the French. Thanks, Ben. Uh, <laughs> so the building climb. This one, I thought when they did it, I'm like, okay, great. This is just like the you know tightrope walk. It's you know. It's cool, but are we going to get any drama out of it? This was my favorite challenge of the whole episode because we got a lot more than just climbing the building. And there was one of the polls on here uh, about, you know, what would you rather do, like climb a building, rappel out of a building, or I'd be too scared. And again, I I can't even remember what the results were, but I just picked the one that had like 0% and probably got it up to about 20 or 25. Uh, Every single, I will say, every single poll that came up, whether it made it to air or not, I always pick the one that was clear last. And we've been watching this entire season. And there's always one option that's like 1% or 2%. Uh, there wasn't a single time where I didn't manage to get the last place one into at least second or even first. 
And I'll mention at the end of the episode how I know it was almost mostly me doing it. Not only the fact that probably 40 polls in a row, I picked like the clear last place and somehow it bumped up, you know, just by me clicking on it. But no, it was, it was fun to kind of mess with all of these here. But I, I wish I could find out which one that was. And maybe I'll have to, you know, research the episode or you can look through your feed because I'm pretty sure that one made it to air. Um, did you like this challenge? I personally, I liked the idea of them climbing the building. It looked cool, but it was when they got to the top and had to look around. It reminded me of, um, uh, I think it was season 26, um, where you had to spot something from the top of the building and it was probably Haley and Blair who, uh, picked the wrong one. And then she started freaking out at him. Uh, this obviously it, it worked for some teams it backfired for others so what did you think of the the final? It worked for one team it backfired for two yeah exactly <laughs> but it was that's what was great about it, it was inconsistent like you don't know who's gonna get it who isn't uh, did you like this challenge um i mean building scaling is nothing new on the amazing race we've seen it countless times um spot something in the distance something we have seen countless times um i didn't think it was anything special as a challenge the only, like, great thing was um, Kenneth, I think it was, who did the challenge, mm -hmm. seeing the flag of the university. <laughs> that was so priceless and probably what cost them the race. Oh, guaranteed. Because even when we go into the next challenge, they are ahead. I mean, they get ahead in the next challenge. So can you imagine where they would have been had he not blown it with that, like, they have to be kicking themselves out. Or are they the type of guys who even would care? I don't know. They'll probably just get drunk and forget about it. Yeah, exactly. You know, them and Johnny Mustard are going to go out for a night in the town with a bunch of giver girls. And <laughs> it'll just be wiped completely from their memory, you know, uh, for more reasons than one. But, yeah, I love this challenge. Um, I love the visual of climbing up the building. You know, I was able to rappel down a building last year. Climbing up a building, I think, would have been more exciting. And this is the pull. I did find the number here. Uh, when it started, it was probably like 90% to 10% for which you would rather do climb a building or rappel down a building, and it was 90% for rappel. Uh, I got this one up to 41% to climb the building, which I honestly think would be cooler. I mean, if you had the choice, would you rather rappel or climb? Rappel. Would you be more scared to rappel or climb? I wouldn't. Need, that, would, that, would, that wasn't my decision in the choice i'm not saying it is the reason but which I, one would be more scary um repelling would probably be more scary mm -hmm. just because it, you're going at a faster rate and stuff but the reason i said i'd rather go down than up is because i don't have great upper body strength <laughs> so like i'd be i'd be like the deb of the challenge and be like stuck and like struggling and everything yeah, you know, when I rappelled down a building last year, it was, uh, there were a lot of things surprising about it. First of all, I don't really have fear in the moment for anything. So I was on the top there, like, I guarantee my heart rate didn't even uh, budge from being, you know, I don't even know how many feet up, like, you know, a couple hundred feet up in the in the air and rappelling, just holding on to a rope, basically. I mean, I was attached. It was a harness, but you really feel like you're just holding on to it. Um the one thing I will say is that even with upper body strength going down, the rope that you have to hold on to to lower yourself down, because of how much rope there is at the top, it basically feels like 200 pounds even to lower yourself. And I can't imagine what it would be like climbing. Like, that would be exhausting. Uh, but what happened to me was that 
I had no fear going down. I had no fear the whole day because I always feel secure in situations like that. Like I trust the person putting me in the harness. I'm not going to worry. Oh no, what if it breaks? Those thoughts don't even enter my head. But when I went to bed that night, I started having flashes, just visualizing what it felt like going down and being in a half asleep state. All of my security was gone and my heart was just racing and I kept waking myself up all night, imagining falling out of this building here. So it's fun regardless. I, I would love doing it regardless, but uh, yeah, it's, it, it, it was a cool experience. I personally think that climbing, it would all depend on which one would be more scary because rappelling down a building, it's, it's really terrifying to take that first step, I would think. But then every second you're going down, you're a little bit closer to the ground. There would almost be something really weird about going up where every few seconds you're like, I'm even higher, I'm even higher. And if you're afraid of heights, like you're going to need a change of underwear by the time at your top. Well, the only reason I say up is better is because you don't really acknowledge like where you are on the wall. Yeah, that's if you just the other stare thing. at the wall, mm-hmm. you won't see where you are. It's the same, at least for that building, it's the same boring-ass, gross color. Mm-hmm. And just don't turn around or don't look down. That's probably going to help. Yeah, but most people don't because they're like, I'm sweating. I'm trying to get up this building. I'm not going to like stop and take the view at the point of getting at the top. Yeah. Uh, so after this is the final puzzle, which uh, this is pretty much, I guess, what every Amazing Race one does. And I felt this was one of the better final challenges because it's usually just a memory challenge. Like I can't remember one year, it was like, what was the the flower of each province that you visited on the race? And it's one of these things where it almost becomes just how much knowledge you have of you know the, the legs you've already been in. What I liked with this one is that it involved something as challenging as just doing a puzzle with what do you remember from the race. And there were teams that got tripped up on just the puzzle part and teams that got tripped up on just the, uh, the, the memory part of it. Uh, did you like this as a final challenge and where do you think it compares to other ones we've seen? I actually did like it. I felt like there was a little bit of complexity to it. Like um, 29 was just the places that you got. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the technicality of it was that you couldn't speak back to the person because it was a one-way radio. Um, but, like, it, it, there wasn't any challenge. Either you know your placements or not. Um, this, I feel like there was at least a little bit of trip-up. Like, trip-up. Um, like, when we had that stone challenge for the, the story, and you had so-and-so's sons and daughters, the family. Do you remember that challenge? Mm-hmm. And they had those extra stones that were fake and everything. I was like getting flashbacks to that because there was all these additional things that they referenced as tasks. What if they asking. started asking questions about like Thor and Loki? And do people <laughs> still take notes on the race? Because you don't know what that final challenge is going to be. And every time they have one where it's really quizzing you, they have like a notebook. It's like, okay, this is what happened here. What type of notes do you have to take if you don't know what's going on in this? Like were half of their notes about Thor and Loki? I don't know. It's hard to say because you never see teams like reference that they took notes or anything like that. Yeah. Or like any team pull out a notebook or whatever, but you know teams do it. Mm-hmm. Like you know, all teams are like memorizing their clues to make sure they didn't miss anything important, like what they were doing or everything. Um, I'm just more curious to figure out how they knew it was a 150 challenge. Because we had John telling us that there was a 150 challenge. How did they know? Mm-hmm. And I was still, they had a poll come up, and this is where it's embarrassing, because 
uh, was one of the ones quizzing you on whether you're watching the show or not uh, about how many 150 challenges have been this season. And I, I don't know if I had paused during a commercial or something like that. These polls still go on during the commercial break. Like they try to keep you tuned in, but I uh, was a few, maybe about a minute or minute and a half behind and they were asking how many challenges have been this season for 150 and I guess five and the real answer was six obviously because they were in the middle of the six one so I got that one wrong and lost points I could have won oh. the Chevy Equinox so sad it's a shame you, you and Jamie could have had all these nice cars for the drive-in movies yeah exactly <laughs> um I'm trying to get this picture going here, but it's not going to work. I want to show you evidence of something that happened during this year, but let, let's talk quickly about the strategies that the teams had. Um, so with Sam and Paul and Corey Nirvana, now, if I remember right, they were there first, and Team Giver was the third to arrive. Am I right? Right. Yeah. Sam and Paul had started to make a little bit of progress, and uh, Corey Nirvana had made almost no progress whatsoever, but it was... Team Giver came in and they're like, the other teams are putting their puzzles together on the floor. We're just going to assemble ours on the board. Shouldn't that be a given? Shouldn't that be a giver given? Like, <laughs> I, I don't know why you would even try putting it on the floor. Like, it was a brilliant move. And this did another reason why they could have won this thing. They were the smartest team on this leg that just happened to fail on one stupid mistake. Um, I don't know. That, that was probably my favorite moment of drama in this episode. But uh, did you think at that point that they had won this thing? Um, who are you talking about, Sam and Paul? Or... No, when Team Giver started Giver. assembling it in the right spot. Yeah, I was worried. I was like, are they going to win this on a stupid puzzle? Is Team Giver going to win the Amazing Race Canada because of a puzzle? Yeah. And I was like, that is the ultimate downfall of society. But you wouldn't have liked it if they came in and they... Cause no, me, no, no, I'm, I'm just saying if Giver wins on a puzzle. Yeah. Like, where are we at in society? Not not if Giver wins, if they win on a puzzle. But in a way it would make... Like, I'm not going to say it's the best way to win, but I like if a team could come in and just... If, if they just come in and won the puzzle itself, but them coming in and having the right decision or making the right decision on putting this puzzle together when the other teams were being pretty foolish with it that's what i think would have made them deserving winners you know i'm not saying that they wouldn't have been deserving because of the chat i'm just saying like it's kind of ironic that giver wins on a puzzle yeah what because they're giver and they shouldn't be good at puzzles yeah <laughs> fair enough <laughs> Um, so this is where the final poll of the episode comes up. And this is my crowning achievement here. Uh, I try to get the picture up. I'll probably send it through to Rossi afterwards. But I also discovered here that they don't keep the polls up the entire time. And I don't know if they intentionally end it where they want it to be the most dramatic because these polls are changing every second. Like I'm clicking on it 40, 50, 60, I mean, probably you know 150 to 200 times if I start the poll right for the whole 60 seconds. And they're displaying it a little bit after the poll has closed. So the poll, final one that comes up says, who will win the amazing race? And it's happening at the moment in this episode where uh, Sam and Paul are ahead of Corey Nirvana. Team Giver have just started assembling it on the table. And then the poll comes up. And at this point, this is where it is clear who is winning. I mean, you would think Team Giver is winning at this point. You would think Sam and Paul could be the other ones, and you know Corey and Yvonne are out of it. 
So I picked Corey Nirvana, who had nobody voting for them, and I clicked on them as many times as I could. Uh, I probably almost, you know, uh, had my heart stop just because I was going so intense for 60 seconds straight. And I brought them up to 47% with Kenneth and Ryan in second at 45 and Sam and Paul last with 8%. So at this point, I'm basically saying Kenneth and Ryan were obviously, uh, because they introduced this poll when they were taking the lead, they were going to win this. Corey and Obama were nowhere in this. There's no reason anybody, we've seen the polls throughout the season. Canadians aren't dumb. And I got it to the point where Corey and Ivana were number one. Now, what made air, I believe, was still Corey and Ivana number one, but it was something like 37 to 35. It wasn't where I got it like this big majority of 47%. Do you remember what made it to air with this poll? I'm going back and looking right now. Okay. Um, it's hard because, for at least for what I was seeing, they were they had it out, they took it away, and they put it back. The, the poll? Just because they were... Sh- yeah, they were like showing it at different points. And that's the way the thing last note. Mm-hmm. Oh, I was just saying that's the way thing happened is that the poll closes and I took a picture. Uh, I, I didn't want to scramble with a screenshot. I actually had Jamie take a picture of my phone before they changed polls because <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, I got to prove that I did this here. Very, very retro. Yeah, <laughs> uh, I just wanted the proof of it. And I didn't want to make any mistakes. So. The poll closed, and it was probably a minute later in the episode that the poll comes up on screen. And they have it the way you're seeing it in the show, where the votes are fluctuating. But they kind of picked a halfway point in the poll instead of picking. I don't know if they just sort of cut it off before they're like, whoa, something just happened in Corey and Yvonne are taking the lead. We don't want Canada to look dumb here. <laughs> and they just cut it off. Because what we see that makes it to air was not the final numbers of the poll, which I thought yeah, was Yeah, it ends at Sam and Paul with 11 Kenneth and Ryan was over 50 and Corey and Nirvana around at most 40. Yeah. Yeah. And it went up. I'm looking at the final one right here. Vote closed. 47% Corey and Nirvana. 45% Kenneth and Ryan. Send it to me. I want to see it. Uh, I'll, I'll, I'll get this. Hold on a second here. Um... Come on, Jamie. Get over here. Yeah. <laughs> uh, give me a minute. I'll, I'll, I'll send it to you before the end of the episode. Anyways, Colin, I need it right now. Well, you'll have to wait, okay? Colin, I will not answer. I'm working on six different things right now at the same time. Colin. Shut up. It's my show. (laughs) You're off next season. (laughs) All right. Talk about this by yourself. (laughs) Uh, I just have you. I don't see see Noah coming here talking about the amazing race. Noah doesn't come and talk about anything anymore. He's recorded four episodes that haven't even made it to air yet, and none of it is about Amazing Race or Survivor or anything. I've been on more episodes than Noah has, so uh, I I deserve some respect. Yeah, you've probably been on more episodes than even Ben's co-host on third watch or whatever it is he's watching but uh one other thing I want i've been on more episodes than nick so come on give me you the have. photo okay here i've got the uh picture here so i'll send it through to you we're like people listening to this right now they're like no why am i listening to them talk about the the poll picture or whatever um so you're not thing- even gonna put it in the app put it in the, the little post on the website yeah I've, uh, yeah maybe i'll add that or i'll tweet it out with it um but last thing to sort of add on the polls here with this is that um, the reason I know that I was able to manipulate this and that most Canadians were not doing this because it says you can vote as many times as you want. And we've seen the polls throughout the season. And the They're polls, too nice. Canadians are too nice. They are too nice because I looked after the episode ended and they have rankings based on your points. Now, your points are based on whether you get the trivia questions right on the episode, which there are only a handful of trivia questions. 
most of the points you get is by how many times you vote. Now, there were a couple thousand people ranked after this episode, just for this episode, ranked for what their points were. I was fifth place for the entire episode in the entire country. That's how many votes I got through just in this one time. So that means I know I manipulated. One person was able to manipulate the polls on this final episode to make Canadians look really dumb, and I'm claiming credit for it. Thank you. Good night. Wow, Colin, you just hate your own group of people. <laughs> but you hate your nation, picture, right? Yeah, no. Yeah. I believe you. It's just I didn't see that. So. And my Canada 150 phone, if you notice that, I still rock the BlackBerry. Uh, they still make great phones. They're still a great Canadian company. There you go. Uh, <laughs> um, they should sponsor Amazing Ways Canada. I'll get some people buying the phones. Anyways, so, yeah, that that's my poll story of the season. I loved it. There's one last poll. Poll story of the season. Yeah, because <laughs> there's one last poll still to come, and I did send you this one. Um yeah. As the episode, we'll, we'll get to it on the episode, uh, or as it ends or whatever. They kind of took a break from the polls at this point, and they wanted you to watch the end of the episode. So after they leave this puzzle, uh, it's n it's really clear who's going to win. I mean, this isn't like a foot race to the finish. I think there was some shuffling the teams throughout, and I really like this last challenge that you thought Kenneth and Ryan had this. And nobody thought Corey Nabonid did, except for me, which is why I swayed the poll that way. But the second they leave this, there's really nothing going on. You know Sam and Paul have this. Uh, Sam and Paul, first place team. Happy with them winning first place? I mean, uh, I've kind of said all season, I find them the least interesting team. This was probably the most interesting they've been for an episode. I don't think they had, you know, the best character development on this season. But you can't argue with a team that finished 6 out of 11 legs first place. Uh, that also is another thing that I think contributes to them being kind of boring, but overall still, uh, I think I'm satisfied with them winning. Are you happy, satisfied, uh, unhappy? What is it? I'm kind of happy, um, on, t on many reasons, but first and foremost, I predicted them to win preseason. Mm -hmm. They were my preseason pick to win. And you mocked me saying, Sam and Paul, are your preseason pick? And you were giving me attitude, and I was like, no, I'd see it. A strong all-male team. I see it. And then I predicted them to get second place when we were at the final five, just because I thought Andrea and, at, Andrea and Adam's story was more interesting. Then I predicted them again in the final three. So I'm happy about my predictions. I don't think I've done... Actually, no, I've probably done a lot better, because I think I put Aaron and Deb second or whatever. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I think it had... Uh, well, it was one of those first teams. It was um, yeah, like Megan and Courtney yeah. second or something like that. <laughs> but yeah, you did call it. That I predicted the team to win. That was probably the first time mm -hmm. I predicted a team to win. Um, I think I predicted lesbian Dana and Amanda to win too. <laughs> lesbian, yeah, you called them all last season. Lesbian Dana and Amanda. <laughs> um, but I was happy that I finally got a prediction right. Um, because usually on Survivor, I get the third place boot as my winner, and I'm like, why did I think that? Um, yeah. Well, that's because you pick people like Alicia. I don't. I don't think I picked her. No. I can go back and check. Well, um, uh, well, we, well, maybe we'll get your predictions before the new Survivor season starts. But you did call it with this one, and yeah, I was I was so happy about that to get I, at least get predictions. I don't know if last week I was just wanting to read too much into this edit as I was saying the way I thought this was being edited or if maybe I just secretly wanted to this to not be predictable because I feel like 
Amazing Race Canada, it, even just Amazing Race in general, it almost feels like it's always so predictable who wins. And there are a lot of people who complain if, you know, an unpredictable team wins, uh, but then there's just as many people who complain if a predictable team wins. I mean, it, it seems like there's no middle ground unless you have a race that's completely... Definitely not. Yeah. Um, but that's just fantasy. No, like, people are like, I want the underdog to win. But if the underdog... Yeah, they like, didn't if deserve the, it. If the top, like... Like, yeah, and then if the top dogs win, it was like, oh, that was so obvious. Why did that happen? Mm -hmm. But also they deserved it. It's like, what? You can't pick and choose these, like, reactions. I I do want an Amazing Race season to surprise me at some point in the future. And this is different from Survivor. You can hide somebody in Survivor to surprise the audience. You can have them emerge, like... When Nadia Anderson, not Nadia, when Nat, Nat, Natalie Anderson, <laughs> when <laughs> Nadia was really the first, one, nobody saw that coming. <laughs> but Natalie, like, she was a big, she probably was a big character the whole season, but they very slowly revealed her. It was only in the last couple episodes where you really started to see what she was doing, and they made her look worthy of winning by the end, but it wasn't predictable. You can't really hide it with the Amazing Race. If a team is winning every single week, you can expect they're going to win the finale. But. It just would be nice to have a season where it's an unpredictable winner, but not a questionable one like the Candy Girls we brought up last week. I don't know. Maybe I am just one of those cynical fans, but uh, I'm satisfied the Sam and Paul won, but I don't think I'm going to remember them as like a super memorable team, which is very similar to last season as well in season one. I feel like you know the best winners of Amazing Race Canada, really the only team that's ever won Amazing Race where I'm like, these are great characters. Like, I want to see them come back for an all-star season would be Mickey and Pete. Um, comparing them against the other winners, where would Sam and Paul rank among the five winning teams from Amazing Race Canada for you? Um, I think. They would definitely be in the top three for me. Mm-hmm. Um, just because we know I, hate the Tims. <laughs> I hate the Tims. I hate the Tims. And Gino and Jesse were kind of too predictable for me. Yeah, and that's kind of where I'm feeling with Sam and Paul. It's very similar to Gino and Jesse. Like, who else was it going to be? And uh, maybe I just... But, like, I feel like the character type of Gino and Jesse, not to say anything against Gino and Jesse, because I think they are they were nice people and everything. I didn't have any issues with them. Mm-hmm. It's just that they seem like the very obvious all-male strong team, which I would have pegged off the beginning as Ken and Ryan. Obviously, that didn't turn out because Ken and Ryan sucked a lot more than we thought they would. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but Sam and Paul aren't the assuming all-male, like, douche-bro team. Yeah. Which we really didn't get. have one this season. Yeah, we really didn't. Um, we didn't have those really archetypes this season. Um, but I feel like they were, they were strong enough to be like they were deserving, but also a bit underdog. I feel like they had like a good balance of super strong, but also unassuming and everything. So that made them an interesting team overall in terms of competitors. I think we're going to talk the most about him, uh, them here, a little bit less about the other teams. In the after the race special, you know, they do mention the uh, med school thing. I'm kind of med school to death at this point. And they brought it up again, and I was like, and they showed the flashback at the beginning yeah. of the season. 
And, and I was like, yeah, I don't need to see that scene again. Of course, it's really. I know the it's only, a big deal on his life. It's but the like, only thing we have to go with on them. I mean, what else? What other talking points are there for Sam and Paul throughout the season? That they didn't even. Did they show in the after the race this, the, the 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 let's drop our tickets right here on a Chinese street or whatever? No, no. Um, they did show something else. I wish they had brought up was uh, they did uh, address the whole. Uh, giving away the express passes uh, with Megan and Courtney, which is funny because uh, it will kind of transition to Kenneth and Ryan with this, but they show the scene that I always thought was hilarious where Sam and Paul are like, we got a great idea. You should give the express pass to us. And like, no, that's okay. <laughs> they thought they'd built this up like this great strategy. And they're just like, can you give it to us? No, uh, you guys are competitive. Why would we do that? And it would have been dumb, but transitioning from Sam and Paul to, or I was just saying about, uh, I'll just finish what I was saying about the uh, med school. Even just proof that that was really the only story they had to tell this whole season. Um, when the finale was coming up, and I'm like, oh, that's so predictable. Uh, you know, that's, so, that's good that they won, but I kind of wish it had been Corey Nirvana or maybe Team Giver or Karen and Burt. That would have been great. But uh, Megan and Courtney. Megan and Courtney and Aaron and Dev. That would have been amazing. Uh, <laughs> Zed and Shabir winning would have been the greatest winning team in the history of Amazing Race, period. But Jamie kept saying to me, she's like, yeah, but at least now he can pay off his med school. And that's all she could say every time during the finale. I was like, well, it's good he gets to pay off med school. Stop talking about the med school. That's the only thing people can talk about with them because it's the only story we were told. And so what if he can pay off med school? Guaranteed every other person there has something they have to pay off. Rossi, you probably have, like, student loan. I've got student loan debt. Like, we all have student loans. Is there anybody Even if you don't have loans or anything, you have, like, rent or mortgage or something like yeah, exactly. You know what? He will be a doctor one day. I'm sure that student loan will pay itself off in the long run. <laughs> but it's a story they were able to tell. And to be honest, in the reunion special, there wasn't that much to talk to them about other than that. Um, Kenneth I and mean, Ryan. I feel like they could have. They. I don't know. I don't. I haven't watched a lot of these reunion things. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm just going to be honest. Like they, they, they barely even sold on the episode that they were an all like a gay team. Like they've done that. They've, I mean, Canada is obviously a little bit different yeah, in the fact that they're not, really not going to mentioned on TV here. Yeah, yeah, I know, but they they didn't even try to put that angle to it. They they tried a few times with Paul saying mm-hmm. that he was uncomfortable at times about things in his life and everything, but they didn't even try and sell that. So they didn't even try and force the storyline. Yeah, uh, they literally they, just put the med school as the one thing, which I think is a disservice to them because a lot of people like them. Yeah, and, and I'm not saying that they're. Yeah, the fact that that's the only story they have to tell that they're boring people. I also think the thing is, is they're both very reserved and uh, I, I don't know, especially Paul, like Paul never really came out of his shell throughout the season. Except the rickshaw. Yeah. <laughs> but there is a cool moment in the reunion that uh, they show the reaction of their family. I can't remember whose family it was, but one of their families was there or both of their families were there actually. And they show the family's reactions who were really surprised. Like they honestly kept this from them. They didn't spoil it. Um, so for Kenneth and Ryan, let's talk about them for a second. Uh, I thought that they performed brilliantly this episode and terribly. It's really their story all season. And that's the great legacy I have. And that's why I love team giver. There's some people out there who think they're too over the top. Uh, I think this is probably the way they are in real life, but they do play the cameras a little bit. It's just the fact that this is a team that is at times completely brilliant and at other times so pathetic it's painful to watch. That's what makes them so endearing. Uh, I don't think there was anybody who actually expected they would win this thing. But if they had won, I think they would have been fun winners. 
Uh, one thing to add on them, the, the Express Pass, that thing where they had the three of them and they gave them away, they bring up the whole uh, Megan and Courtney thing. And it's funny because they try to make it seem like that was still a bad move. And we won't talk about all the other teams here, but Megan and Courtney are, you know, asked about that. And they kind of say, or they play a clip of when they were on the, the four hosts of the reunion show, they have like the Canadian version of The View. And they basically say, why do you think they gave it to them? They say, yeah, they had a crush on us. That's why. And they kind of play up on that in the episode. But <laughs> they try to make it still seem like it was a dumb move on Kenneth and Ryan's part. Kenneth and Ryan were like, they're not smart enough to use this thing. And Megan and Courtney are like, we came in first place. They even asked Megan and Courtney in this episode, do you regret not using it? Like, no, I don't think we uh, um, needed to use it. Like, they still don't get it. This is Hamilton and Michaela all over again. I just want to say, because nobody Don't else... Don't you talk bad about them. <laughs> nobody else in Canada is defending Kenneth and Ryan. The greatest move they made on this whole thing was giving it to Megan and Courtney because they recognized, here's a team, who cares if they came in first place? They are a team that's, A, not going to be competitive in the long run, and B, will probably waste the Express Pass, and they did. So that's just me wanting to I don't even think, like, waste it. I think it was just, pick a team that's destined to use it. Yeah, like, it was going to be that, one like, or the other, Yeah. Like, who's someone who's going to use it on a challenge that most teams could power through. Mm-hmm. And I think give it to Megan and Courtney. Uh, maybe not at the time, but in hindsight, give it to Corey and Ivana. Mm-hmm. Or give it to Karen and Bert. Those are the teams you want to give it to. You don't want to give it to Sam and Paul. You don't want to give it to Adam and Andrea. Yeah. Or even and- Andrea and Ebony at that point. Like, don't give it to any of the competitive well, teams. Yeah. Yeah, don't give it to them. They don't deserve it. Oh. <laughs> we'll get to them. <laughs> but the the other thing with the, the Megan and Courtney thing is that when they do ask them, but I know, we'll, you know I'll give you a chance to say anything else about Kenneth Ryan you might want to say, but with uh, Megan and Courtney, they basically justified and say, well, when we got to the final challenge, all the other teams were there. So we didn't feel like we had to use it because we're like, guaranteed, you know, we're not going to be the last place team. Well, when it comes down to two teams left, that's when you use it. Like, it's just yeah. foolish. Uh, let's talk about Kenneth and Ryan, though. Uh, anything else to add on them? I did have another thing on Sam and Paul, though. Oh, go for Can it. Can I go back? Mm-hmm. I thought it was really interesting that in two back-to-back seasons, we had an all-female, like, lesbian team, mm-hmm. which is the first in Amazing Race franchise history. I, looked, I was looking at their statistic trivia. And that was the first lesbian team to win Amazing Race, period, across all versions. Obviously, we've not had that. And then, then we had an all-male gay team win this three season. Mm-hmm. I thought it was really interesting after three repeat male, all-male, like, like crazy teams. I was, like, glad to see the change of these last two seasons. Yeah. In the, at least in the stereotypes of who they are. And here's, again, the funny thing, just the difference between Canada and other countries, is that it took me until the last episode to realize that, even though Steph and Kristen are, like, out there all the time now. Um, I kept looking at the comparison all season. I'm like, well, if Sam and Paul win, does that mean we're going to get two underdeveloped, slightly boring teams winning? <laughs> it didn't even occur to me that we have, like, the, the gay uh, male team, the gay female team. I, I'm just sort of looking at it as, like, I really wanted Jillian and Emmett to win last year because they were a big... <sighs> exciting dramatic team and i would have loved cory nirvana to win this year just because i thought they were great underdogs cory nirvana to me are more like the uh, sisters vanessa and selena in season one i know i mentioned that uh but do you want to talk about kenneth and ryan or all have we talked about them yes all no okay. i want to say something go for it 
I do think they're a great team, and they are the first all-star pick. Like, mm-hmm. we can't even, like, hide it. They are true all-stars. Yeah, there's no question, yeah. Like, I think that would be an interesting podcast if we just sat and they did an all-star cast. I'm going to say this. They're more of an all-star team than anything we've seen on the U.S. seasons in, like, a couple of years. Yeah, they. I think that comes from the newness of Canada Amazing Race. Like, I feel like on season 26, they may not have shown, like, been highlights as much as they are on season five. Mm-hmm. But, like, no, they were incredible, funny, witty. They got giver girls in every city. <laughs> they got Johnny um, Mustards and plants Johnny, all over the country. <laughs> Johnny Mustard, Johnny Mayo, Johnny Ketchup, everywhere <laughs> they go. Um, they love their Canadian snowmen. They love their chocolate. I love them. They were funny. They were they were embarrassing racers, but they were great every moment. Mm-hmm. Unless they were invisible, they were like highlights of every episode. Unless they were like in the middle ground of something, they were highlights of every episode. I love them. This season would have been a little bit more dull without Team Giver. Corey and Ivana. Now, here's the team I said last week I turned around the most on. I was genuinely rooting for with With Vanessa and Selena in season one, it was more just, wouldn't it really be funny if they won? With Ironic Corey, support. Yeah, yeah, exactly. With Corey and Ivana, I was really behind them. There's a reason I was voting for them. It wasn't just because they were last place, and I'm like, let me see what I can manipulate here. No, no, it was because, it was because of that comment. Yeah. <laughs> Partly, but I mean, I just, I really love Corey and Ivana in these last couple episodes. And I guarantee if I go back and watch this entire season over again, I'm not going to care about Corey and Ivana until the last three episodes. But they totally won me over in these last three. Um, I think they both evolved into great characters. They both had their star moments. And one of the things that's great about them is you take a team like Sam and Paul, you know, obviously they're not both like the the same level as far as their character go you know i think sam is obviously a slightly more interesting character than paul paul has like and it's more just i think a, a reserve thing but he really shows no personality whatsoever uh with cory and ivana like there were episodes that was like ivana's totally the star and then episodes cory's totally the star there was no way they were ever going to win this there was no way they ever should have reached the finale but i'm so glad they did would i have rather had karen and bert yes um but I, I just had a blast watching the last uh, couple episodes. Rossi, anything you want to add on Corey Nirvana? Um, no, they were really surprisingly interesting. Because um, at first they were just like, oh, at some point they'll be eliminated. And then they, and then the um, the Corey having a break on that boating challenge with mm-hmm. Princess Nirvana, like turned <laughs> turned their whole story around, and then became this really interesting group of friends um and they had their funny moments their stupid moments um and always fighting from behind they were just they were just interesting um yeah. and i definitely think within the first four episodes i was like corn Nirvana, they're just a good team mm-hmm. not much to say about them they're good and then we're like they're great characters they're funny they're they're self-aware. They know they've been fighting from the back. They know that they're maybe not the most equipped to win. But they're going to push through and everything. And I just think they were, they were fun. They were fun. I don't want to spoil this because I want to give you and other people a reason to watch the After the Race reunion show. 
Uh, but probably the most interesting that we hear on that is Ivana talking about, you know, that back injury that she had in the diving challenge in Beijing that was there for at least two episodes and then just seemed to disappear. Uh, she goes into detail as to what her back injury was. It's shocking that she made it through one leg, let alone the rest of this race, when you find out what was actually wrong with her back. So watch it just to, for the segment on them talking Ooh, about drama. Her. Lots of drama. Hashtag dramatic. Um, but, yeah, probably my favorite team in the finale. Uh, we're going to go through the final four teams here and do their profiles. Before we do that, we'll quickly mention, I guess, a few other things that they mentioned on the After the Race special. Just a little tease here. Andrea and Ebony, I mentioned Ebony wasn't there. They're the closest thing I think that you get to a, maybe a little bit of heat on the teams. And it's not that they get a boo, but when they show clips of them, particularly after the U-turn was done and they're like, you know, calling fake people and all that, the moment they won you over, um, it's more just like quiet and maybe one or two people in the audience going like, ooh. Like it's, it's very polite Canadian. Like, we don't want a boo, but we don't really like you. And yeah, even they go into like talking about them taking the penalty, and I still feel like they justify that pretty well. But I'm I'm a fan of Andrea and Ebony. I think they're a team that, you know, kind of like Team Giver, they have their strengths and their weaknesses, and you you don't really you you don't know what you're going to get out of them. So they're a little bit unpredictable. But I didn't think they were as bad as you thought they were. A um, little bit you get from Zed and Shabir. As I said, there's a great montage where you see them, you know, falling and everybody else falling. And then some fun stuff with Adam and Andrea. Or Andrea, where you Andrea. Andrea is different from Andrea. Uh, where I guess they go into details just about how they grow up and how long they actually spent apart as brother and sister. So fun stuff on that episode. But we'll go through the top four teams here with the uh, racer files. And just in preparation of the website that just kept on giving all season, <laughs> I took probably 20 minutes to bring up the individual racer files of every single one. We have no armpit or cleavage or crotch or elbow facts of the day here uh, because I don't have time to load all those pages. But I did bring up all the racer files here. Uh, these are handwritten by the teams, kind of fun questions. Uh, Rossi, do you have any of these up or do you just want me to blow through them right here? Go. All right, Karen, since we forgot last week. My favorite food is my mom's scalloped potatoes. My favorite movie is The Ugh, Lion King. That is King. lame. Her favorite movie is The Lion King. Is that lame? No, that is a classic no, that I, Noah still needs to watch. I, I don't care for The Lion King. We'll cover that one oh. day. Oh, my God. The get, out, get, get out of your own podcast. <laughs> The soundtrack to my life is Kanye West's College Dropout. Um, maybe that's an in-joke there with her. I don't know if she graduated from college. Did she? Did she know. drop out? Maybe. To be... My most overused emoji is a smiley face with the mouth open. I don't know. Is that an emoji or did she just make one up there? Who knows? No, I'm not sure that's one. I can't think of it from specific memory, but that's definitely it. My biography would be titled The Peppa Merchant's Daughter. It sounds like a real book title. I don't know what it means, though, but it's a pretty, uh, pretty clever title. The last movie that made me cry was Sing. Rossi, did you see Sing? Which one is that? That was the animated movie that came out last year about like a singing group of actors. Oh, no. That's a weird movie to cry to, though. Yeah, <laughs> I don't know. I saw I it. I've seen it, but that seems like a weird movie to cry to. I had it playing in the background. I was like half asleep. Uh, I wasn't even the one watching it. But I don't know. There's some good songs in there or whatever. In a movie, I'd be played by Lupita Nyong'o. I can see slight resemblance, especially since... No, that's so... I think that's so good. Yeah, I can one. see the slight resemblance. Your personality-wise, like, Karen blows her away. But I really see a resemblance if you cut off 
Karen's hair as I've just scrolled the page down enough to them. Then you really see it there. Um, I also love that she's wearing Marty McFly's vest here from Back to the Future in the video or the picture and Bert as well. Uh, you've got Bert up. Do you want to go through Bert here? Because yes. I don't think I could pronounce what his favorite food is. Um, his favorite food is a keck and salt fish. <laughs> I don't know what that is. Uh, something that Corey's probably caught a million times, though. Um, and in a movie, he'd betray, be portrayed by Jaleel White. No, come on. <laughs> Steve Urkel. I, I can see it. I can't. He's cooler than that. This is dirt um, gritty here. Come on. If you just scroll past the bald head a little bit, you see Jaleel. <laughs> Jaleel could never <laughs> lay down a dirt gritty track. Well, we never saw Dirk Gritty's tracks anyway, so... Yeah, well, we had some improv on the race there. He freestyled. Yeah, a bit. Uh, continue. His favorite emoji is the happy face. Boring. When he was young, he played street hockey and soccer. Boring. His favorite book is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People, which I read, and that is not a good book. Was it, it was like, mandatory? Awful. Yes, it was, like, a, a grade seven mandatory yeah. thing to read. It was the worst... Thing ever. Okay. I'd rather read the book Everybody Poops. <laughs> than um, his road trip song is Bob Marley Misty Morning, which I have not heard, so I can't tell if it's good or bad. I listened to a few uh, songs on here, but I didn't get to that one. When he wins the race, his next road trip will be to the Calgary Zoo with family. <laughs> they really could have benefited from winning the the leg where they got the trip to Chicago. Like he doesn't dream too big here. <laughs> Oh, very simple, simple I, people. I will say I've been to the Calgary Zoo. It's one of the better zoos I've ever been to. Um, Corey Nirvana here. I've got Corey up. Now, here is my favorite Nirvana. answer to any question on this whole season. My favorite movie is Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles 2. That's the secret of the use. Rossi, have you seen the Ninja Turtles movies? No. Oh. That's awful. You. Ninja Turtles 2, secret of the use. That is the best Ninja Turtles movie, hands down. Ninja Rap with Vanilla Ice. Come on, that's awesome. Uh, my nickname is Foots or Coach Core with K's. Uh, he's one K shy there of that being really inappropriate. Okay. Uh, in a movie, I'd be portrayed by Will Smith. I, I do not see it physical resemblance-wise at all, but personality no. that we saw out of him, totally Will Smith, yes. The soundtrack to my life is Solid as a Rock by Sizzla. Are you familiar with Sizzla, Rossi? No. I listen to this song. It's very reggae. It's not really my thing. Um, if I had a yacht, I would name it Slip and Slide. <laughs> I wanted to grow up to be an actor, musician, or astronaut. Now, can he be like all three, like Kevin Bacon? No, everyone could be an astronaut, space warrior, whatever he said. Actor, musician, astronaut. Yeah, you know, Kevin Bacon definitely. has achieved that. So Kevin Bacon and Corey, that's what we're going to have. When I win Amazing Race, my next road trip will be Vancouver, Los Angeles. <laughs> is that a suburb of Los Angeles? But again, these people aren't dreaming too big. Like, Cinerama, come on! You know, I have like people, most places have Chinatown. There's Vancouver Town in Los Angeles. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Just all the polite Canadians that came there for acting jobs. Yeah. Uh, there's probably also Los Angeles land in uh, Vancouver, since that's where all of other movies are filmed. Uh, do you have Corey's up? Or do you want me to go through it? No, I have Ivana's. Oh, yeah. Oh, that's, right. Ivana. that's right, yeah. Her celebrity crush is Leonardo DiCaprio. I never want to hear that name again. I just spent five and a half hours covering Titanic with Ben. Listen to the episodes, though, because I get to take a lot of shots at Titanic and Leonardo DiCaprio's acting in it. But continue. 
That's why he didn't win the Oscar. Yeah. Um, <laughs> he didn't deserve it. <laughs> uh, the soundtrack to her life is the Friends theme song. Ugh, never want to hear it again. Um, her favorite emoji is the girl with her hands above her head. Oh, the famous girl with her hands above her head emoji. Her celebrity spirit animal is Tom from Tom and Jerry. I love this I love. woman. That's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> When she was young, she played basketball, volleyball, and the sax. I love this woman even more. The last movie that made her cry was Moonlight. Did you see Moonlight? No. I cannot think of one scene in that movie that would make a person cry. It's kind of a disturbing movie for the most part. Uh, I, I'm, it's on a list of things to watch. I just haven't seen it yet. Yeah, it's, it's not a bad movie. I don't think it deserved Best Picture. I mean, it won the Oscar. It did. Uh, it probably shouldn't have, but it's not the worst movie that was nominated. That would be La La Land, but... Uh, yeah, I just I don't get how it makes somebody cry. But there, there we go. One more to go. And her dream vacation will be go to Tokyo with her closest friends. I'm assuming Corey's a part of that, but we don't know. Yeah, it doesn't say closest friend. It's friends us. So Corey and others. Um, well, he didn't, he didn't, she didn't mention him, so I don't know if he's a part of the closest friends group. Well, it's uh, <laughs> it's probably Andrea and Ebony, I would think. Those are closest friends after the Oh, future. of course. Uh, next up, Sam and Paul. So I get Sam here. My favorite food is lamb chops with... Are you give me the boring one. Oh, wait. I should probably go with the second place team before I go to that. Okay. Oh. Let's go to Kenneth and Ryan. I've got Kenneth here. My favorite food is eggs benedict. Um, I can't leave home without... What does it say? A good luck charm? He's got terrible handwriting. (laughs) My nickname is hashtag mad dog. So not even his nickname is Mad Dog. His nickname is Hashtag Mad Dog. My favorite, favorite emoji is the shaka, which if you look at his picture is what he's doing, which is like your pinky and your thumb out. Yeah, um, I got it. Yeah, um, I, he drew the shaka in there too, even though that pinky is clearly uh, <laughs> in rough shape. <laughs> um, I wanted to grow up to be a forensic scientist. Now, who looks at Kenneth and says forensic scientist? Um, obviously I do. Uh, this is like, uh, I don't know, um, uh, CSI Cornerbrook BC or something like that. <laughs> CSI Johnny Mustard. <laughs> yes. Uh, my biography would be titled Memoirs of Teen Giver. <laughs> and the last movie that made me cry was Beauty and the Beast. Uh, okay. Um, I don't see him as a Beauty and the Beast guy, but that's fair enough. It's... Which one, the 2017 or the, the 19-whatever? 1991. I would think 1991. I mean, he pro- they were probably filming this when the, the new one came out. But it does say last movie that made him cry, so maybe he cries all the time. Who knows? Do you have Ryan? Yes. There you go. Very There's food. a picture. I love that these guys, their pictures alone deserve like a place on All-Stars. What are they going to come <laughs> are, up with? They, they, they are going to be the first team picked. You yeah. know that. They didn't win, so they're automatically in. Yeah. All right. His favorite food is Pad Thai. Oh, that's so good. His nickname is Rocket Ryan and Giver. <laughs> so they are Team Giver, and they are both individual Giver. Yeah. His hero is Mason Ho, <laughs> a hilarious pro surfer. Is it because he's a good pro surfer or because he's hilarious? Both. Um... I'm looking up Mason Ho here. He doesn't look particularly funny, but, well, there's one picture here where it looks like he's pulling out one of his own teeth. Uh, okay, so Mason Ho. Uh, there is the next 
guests we're going to have to have on the... Uh, uh, Celebrity the Amazing Race Canada edition. I was thinking off the podium, because surfing will be an Olympic sport in 2020. But um, I want to see a team with Mason Ho and Johnny Muster. That's what we're going to get for the uh, season. Uh, that, w- that would be a dream. Yeah. All right, so in the movie, he'd be played by Jim Carrey. Uh-huh. No, I don't see it that much. No. Um, his overused emoji is the same. I don't know how to say it. Say it again. Shaka. Shaka. Yeah, that one. Can we go back to a second for in a movie I've been played by? This is gonna sound really weird, but you know who Vincent D'Onofrio is? <laughs> no. Well, he was in the Daredevil TV show. He played Kingpin. He was on one of those Law and Order shows. He played the villain in the first Men in Black, the bug guy. Okay, I see him now. Okay. Um, Vincent D'Onofrio, about 100 pounds lighter and about 30 years younger, with a lot more energy, kind of reminds me of Ryan here. <laughs> a little more than Jim Carrey. I don't see it. Okay. Watch Men in Black. I see more of um, uh, Steve Carell than anything. Uh, maybe a little bit physically, yeah. But yeah, let's say Steve Carell meets Vincent D'Onofrio. That's a middle ground there. Because his face looks more like Steve Carell than it does Vincent D'Onofrio. I don't know. Something about the way he acts that reminds me of, like, funny Vincent D'Onofrio. I don't see it. But anyway, he wanted to, when he, I wanted to grow up to be a teacher and a TV host. <laughs> um, uh, like Bill Nye or something? <laughs> maybe. Um, yeah, with, with that, I mean... Now we can see how much it mattered to him to have all the giver babies and all the giver kids in the giver high school of Regina, Saskatchewan. Yeah, it mattered. Um, his dream vacation would be to go to Tahiti with his surf buddies and maybe Mason Ho. Yeah, Mason Ho and Johnny Mustard. Uh, yes. And finally, our winners here. We know we're going to get the most excitement out of their profile. Let's just see how funny they were here. My favorite food is lamb chops with mint sauce. Mm. Uh, my favorite movie is Lord of the Rings, The Two Towers. There's an odd choice. Do you, do you watch the Lord of the Rings movies? Nope. Never seen any of them? Nope. Okay, you and Ben can do a podcast on not watching Lord <laughs> of the Rings. Then. Um, it's just weird, though, because mo- a lot of people say Return of the King is their favorite, which, to be honest, is probably the one that holds up the least well, uh, just because it feels so dated and overblown. Uh, either that or Fellowship of the Ring. Nobody really ever says The Two Towers is their favorite, because it's like the middle one sandwiched between the two more exciting movies. But still, cool choice. Uh, my nickname is Slam Chop. All Which right. is also his Instagram handle. <laughs> is it? Oh, yeah, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> um, my hero is my mom and dad. Lame. Um, my favorite emoji is the pup emoji. We should not have saved this for last. We're sorry, Sam and Paul. My, I, I, think, I think Paul's got some interesting ones here. So My road, top road trip song is Downtown by Magical Clouds. Okay, if you want to find anything that perfectly suits Sam and Paul's personality on The Amazing Race, listen to Downtown by Magical Clouds. It may be the single most boring song you have ever heard. I will listen to it once we finish. Yeah, do that. And then my dream vacation would be to go to Hawaii with Paul. And then he draws a smiley Aww. face. He should have drawn the pup emoji following that. Or at least a heart. Damn. Something. Heartless. You get the final racer profile of the season, Sam and Paul. Okay. Or not Sam and Paul. Paul Sam, Sam and Paul. Paul. <laughs> His favorite food is steak and lobster. So he likes the surf and turf. Yep. 
Celebrity crush is Ryan Reynolds. Are you a Ryan Reynolds fan? I'm not talking about celebrity crush here. I'm not. He's not my celebrity crush. But are you a fan of Ryan Reynolds in anything? Uh, I don't mind him. I think there's some things that I'm fine with, other things I don't really care for, but whatever. Yeah, I mean, I, here, here's the weird thing I'm going to say. Uh, Ryan Reynolds, the reason I like him in Deadpool is because you don't have to look at his face. There's something about Ryan Reynolds' face that makes me want to punch him. I don't know what it is. What? Why? I don't know. It's just there's some people that maybe it's his beady eyes. Like he has tiny little beady eyes. And no matter what I'm watching him in, I just, I, I have the urge to punch the man in the face. I don't dislike him in a lot of things, you know? Maybe. <laughs> Except punch him. Yeah. Like <laughs> I punch a lot of people I don't like. <laughs> what? Or I punch a lot of people okay, I do like. We're moving on. We're moving on. Yeah. In a movie. In a movie, he'd be betrayed by Jordan Go- Joseph Gordon and Levitt. Wow. Somebody I do not get the urge to punch. Um, do you have a favorite Joseph Gordon-Levitt movie? Um, no, but he was in the the like the most standing outstanding memory of Jordan of Joseph Gordon-Levitt. <laughs> God damn it! Is he did a cameo in the recent in like the 2015 Muppets TV series? Oh, did he? Yeah, and that, and I thought he was funny in that, but that's the only like that's just the memory that's standing right now. I um, love I'm sure there's days. definitely movies that he's been in that I love. I just can't think of it right now. If nobody out there is, and I'm guessing most people haven't, but if you've never seen 500 Days of Summer, watch 500 Days of Summer. It's such a good movie. Um, next one. Oh, he was in 10 Things I Hate About You? He was, yeah, uh, with Heath Ledger. That's a good movie. I actually like him. Here's the funny thing. 10 Things I Hate About You there's something about that movie that appeals to even alpha males. I'm not saying I'm like such an alpha male guy, but you know, I remember like years after this movie came out, my brother and I were living together and we were both probably in our early twenties. And, uh, the movie was on TV when I were working different shifts and I came home maybe at like one o'clock in the morning and it was on TV and I, there was nothing else on. So I just watched it. I'm like, what a great movie. And then the next day, my brother, is talking to me briefly. He's like, you know a movie I saw last night that I never thought I would like that was pretty good? My, 10 Things I Hate About You. He'd seen the earlier version. And I know so many other guys who are like, 10 Things I Hate About You is a great movie. Like, it really is. It's a good movie. Let's cover it here on the Oz Network. Oh, yes. <laughs> and then let's cover something of Ryan Reynolds where I don't have the urge to punch him in the face. Deal. All right. Um, his most used, overused emoji is the monkey covering its eyes. Oh, that famous emoji. <laughs> Got me. Um, he wanted to be a professional tennis player. Because when he was young, he played, when he, was young. <laughs> he played tennis, soccer, and volleyball. Um, the last question, the most abnormal, the most out of character, for me at least, is his favorite, his top road trip song, The Pursuit of Happiness by Kid Cudi. Yeah, a slightly better choice than Downtown by Magical Clouds. That's all I'll say. And that's it. That's the Racer Profiles, Colin. We have gone through Racer Profiles for this entire season. Only one thing left to do here. Well, two things left to do. We have to rate this episode. uh, Finale of The Amazing Race Canada, Season 5, titled... As I stall to come up with the episode title, unless you have it in front of you. Canada's coming together like a piece of cake. Yes. Which I don't remember who said that. If it was said, I I sure there was a poll on it. One of the how much is Canada like, like a cake? cake? <laughs> <laughs> um, what would you do? This would you buy it? Would you rent it? Would you bin it? 
Um, I don't know about you, but I'm going to buy it. Uh, no, I would love to say I'd buy this just because I feel like I want to buy it just to see how I was able to manipulate the final poll this season. Oh, that's the other thing. Don't let me go without talking about the final poll. Um, but... Yeah, in all honesty, I, there are other episodes this season that I bought that were much better than this. Um, and thank you for the reminder. <laughs> Maybe wait a few minutes for reminding you as I say goodbye. Um, I'm going to rent this one. Uh, it's not my favorite episode. I mostly would want to watch it just to see my polls, the, the, my pride. Um, can we um, buy Rent Bin the season as a whole, yes, too? We can. Um, what would you do with the season? Would you buy it, rent it, or bin it? I can't buy it. No. I can't, you can't buy this season. It was, I think, I think the characters are actually what made it watchable. Mm -hmm. And the people, so I'm going to rent it because of the people, not because of the race. Yeah, I agree. Um, I actually think that the cast was stronger than last year. Last year had, um, I didn't dislike the cast, but there was... there was probably at least you know three or four teams. So you, you give them or take them. You know you couldn't really care. Give her them or take them. <laughs> give her or take her. Uh, but you know a few of the teams last year, like Jillian and Emmett, I loved, and Frankie and Amy were great. Uh, Joel and Ashley. Yeah, <laughs> Joel and Ashley. I, I don't know. I, I they weren't my favorite team, but yeah, they were okay. Watch uh, what you say, Colin. Watch your dirty mouth. <laughs> who was your favorite team? Because we didn't get to cover this season at all. Who was your favorite team last year? Season four. Um, I re- I did like Steph and Kristen. Um, I did like Joel and Ashley. Um, I had a weird, like, ironic love for Kelly and Kate. Yeah. <laughs> um, just because they they're like the team that's so unassuming, but they win a leg. Like, um, and that was about it. The rest of the teams were like, either I was like want want, or I didn't like them. Really. You didn't even well, because like I don't Frankie like Jillian and Emmett. No, I know that. I didn't like Frankie and Amy. And, like, I liked them, but they were, like, they got annoying after a while because they got the same storyline of, like, we're strong women, yet we're finishing in the last two places every single leg. Yeah. It, and it just became, like, that's all they what they were, is that they're, like, these strong women, which they were, but they, were like, just couldn't race. Mm-hmm. And I was like, I like you as people but like you were just like grading on me at the last like three episodes so leading into one last thing here um the i guess where you would rank this season because if we're both renting this season we're kind of agreeing i'm assuming you're saying uh, what i'm saying here that last season had a weaker cast but maybe a stronger race all around yeah Uh, five (laughs) seasons of the amazing race just right off the top of your head how would you rank them um oh god i was not ready for this question um (laughs) just wing it okay season two number one Uh season four five three one i would instantly go season three number one that's funny um and i'd probably say two number two uh then i'd go one four and five this is my least favorite hey, give me season. three seconds to give me an answer I was... you got it wrong rossi uh like your predictions it was wrong yes. yeah we didn't go through my predictions for good reasons um but 
Yeah, I mean, I, I love season three. Um, I think the the cast was the strongest in season three. I mean, Brent and Sean, there's another one of those teams that's an instant all-star team, you know? Uh, Brian and Cynthia, I think, is an instant all-star team. Nick and Sabrina is so good. And it's, every leg was memorable in that season. But, uh, no, I won't knock your answers because I'm sure that once you go back and rewatch the seasons, you'll agree with me instead of whatever you just said. But overall, I don't think oh. either of us are saying, like, you're saying it's kind of right in the middle for you. I'm saying it's my least favorite. I didn't dislike it, though. Where would you compare it compared to season 29 of Amazing Race? U.S. I like season 29 more. Mm-hmm. But a lot of what I was doing with ranking is I'm like looking at the winners and thinking, like I look at the winners, look at the race, look at the cast. Yeah. And like, how, and like it's just a play of that. And the reason season three stands low is because of the winners. Whereas I think that, like, people in the cast were great. Like, Dejana Lalani, the Hamilton Michaela. Hamilton Michaela. The only person who still hangs on to Hamilton Michaela. I will hold on to them until they die. Um, but, like, people that I really enjoyed, like, watching. Simeon Opie. Like, but the winner is dragged down for me. Uh, last thing we'll cover here before we move on. Um, move on to other things other than The Amazing Race, basically. Oh, it's so sad we're over. Until season 30. Yeah, season 30, we will be there. And maybe one day we'll talk about season 29. Never know. <laughs> um, but, <laughs> Rossi, let me ask you the final poll question here. Amazing Race polls. Do you want them to come back, or do you not like them? Are they terrible? Um, I'm going to say I have two answers. I'm going to say yes for the ironic love. Or end no, because they were awful. That's the thing, is that there's something kind of amusing about it. And the last three days or whatever since this episode aired, I don't know how many times Jamie has just, like, groaned at me. Because when I was doing this episode, and since it's been over, I'm telling her, I'm like, it's just so much fun to ruin their awful polls. And she's like, why do you like that? It's like, that's terrible. But it really is fun, because for the most part, we've been making fun of these polls all season. And this is, I guess, the reason it's coming up is because the final poll they gave you, which did not make it on air, was should race play come back next season? And I waited a good 15 seconds for this poll as it was like a landslide, 95 or 96%. And I clicked on no as many times as I could. And I brought this poll to 70%, you bet I love it, and 30% no, don't bring race play back this season. What's race play? That's what the polls are called, the race play. Oh. Yeah. That's the one I sent you at the end of it. I should race play. Oh, so you didn't even realize that was the polls when I sent that to you. No, I didn't know what that meant. Yeah, so then that's what was funny about it, is that the poll was, should these polls come back? And I Well, I thought that was like a, like a challenge or something at the end or something. I, did, I didn't yeah. know. No. Or if it was like a, a U-turn-esque thing, I didn't know. I brought it to 30% do not bring these polls back in one of the polls that I was dedicating an hour of my life to. Um, it was just, it's a blast. If this comes back next year, CTV... I, if it comes back, I will be live voting as well. Oh yeah, you have to. Uh, because it's so easy to manipulate. The CTV, if you know it's good for you, take away unlimited voting because there are a few people in this country... Or evil. Yeah, me. <laughs> who all they want to <laughs> do is Jamie. ruin this and see how pathetic I can make Canada look on the air. Uh, you can make the West Coast look cowardly. Yeah, exactly. I make the West Coast look like cowards. I make Corey and Ivana look like the greatest team on earth. 
uh, and it makes your polls look as pathetic as they were. But I still think it was fun to have the polls, and there were boring episodes here where we got to talk about the polls. So uh, that's one of the things I'm going to look back on the season, even though it's not the most memorable season for me. I'll look back on it, and I'll be like, yeah, I kind of had fun with the polls, even if they were terrible throughout the season. Uh, mm-hmm. But that was my final bit of manipulation I had there. Uh, that is it for Amazing Race Canada. We really no! have nothing else to say. That's over, Rossi. It's <laughs> over. We're sad. Where, um, where will I get a Chevy Equinox? <laughs> or where will I get my BMO cashback relief cards? Yeah. How will I know if I'm in medical school? A trip around Asia, courtesy of Cinerama, where all the Asians Cinerama. will you. Where, where people will heckle me for not knowing anything about the Great Wall of China in China, in Mandarin. Like That's right, yeah. And puppets. Puppets, where you can't talk. If you want your puppet fix, just suggest the Muppet episode that Joseph Gordon-Levitt appears on for our next <laughs> random rewatch. Which, Rossi, we won't even tease what it's going to be yet because we'll have to see how it comes together. But uh, you're not gone. You'll be back for a few episodes with me maybe in October as we have uh, some random things coming up um excited for that excited for season 30 of the amazing race whenever that comes back i'm ready for season 30 all-star edition or some crap like that (laughs) what is the the equivalent of the silver anniversary for 30 that's what i need to know um the cloverleaf edition (laughs) the maple leaf edition will be six (laughs) (laughs) because that's a symbol of canadian pride it is yes um, Rossi, thank you for joining us and giving us all your analogies throughout the season on what were those like white paint and <laughs> white paint and the cat, the old cat that you still keep around. Yeah, the old cat and all that stuff. So much entertainment all the season. But you were dedicated to doing this podcast more than Noah. So thank you for being on this season and thank you for recapping the finale. Yes, and go Sam and Paul. Yeah, and my name is Colin. And should Amazing Race. Canada, come back to the Oz Network next season. Vote in our poll now and show us how cowardly West Coasters are. Good night. Thank you for listening to the Oz Network. Don't forget to subscribe to get new episodes delivered to your speakers every week. For more information, hit us up at theoznetwork.net.